Warning, this podcast contains movie spoilers and offensive language. This podcast is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. For me, film performance is like music, and uh, I think all great art aspires to be music. And so when I look at the dialogue and then I hear it in my head, I listen to the, the melody. And so there's a, like a line in the movie, I don't think this was in the script, but she rips my shirt. And I say, did you rip my shirt? Did you rip my shirt? And so it's like music, and they sound like it's cage rage or whatever you want to call it, or <laughs> insanity or over the top. But for me, it's, it's, there's a, some thought went into how I want to sing the song. Well, I think I started writing this movie at the same time as Black Rainbow, even though I made Black Rainbow first, and they're, they're both dealing with two sides of the same coin after my, uh, my parents dying. And Black Rainbow sort of dealt with the sublimation of my, of my, of my grief, mm-hmm. and this film deals with the sort of uh, the, the acceptance of it and the sort of ac- the, uh, the uh, expulsion of that, of, that, mm-hmm. of that grief. I hope they're immer- they feel immersed by, by, the, by the movie, you know, I feel, I hope that they feel a lot, a lot of emotions when they're watching it. I think it's a very emotional, operatic rock opera. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fancy of Friends podcast. My name is Mark. Uh, some of you might know me as Fancy from the Midnight Horror Show. Tonight, we have something very special for our big comeback show. It's been a long time since we've done a show. This is our first show on the Legion Network podcast. Tonight, we have a feature-length audio commentary for the movie Mandy. When I saw this movie last year, it blew me away. Like, the minute it was over, I wanted to rewatch it, and I needed people to talk about this movie there's so much shit going on in this it's like such a weirdly deep movie that on the surface is also like an awesome super violent action horror movie with Nicolas Cage uh, in a career defining performance we're going to take a quick break and listen to some promos from some other shows on Legion Podcast be sure and go check out some of those shows uh, when we come back we'll have Darren from the Psycho Semantic Cast also on Legion and Duncan from the podcast Under the Stairs you guys all should be listening to their shows as well for those of you checking us out for the first time, this is an audio commentary show, so once we get back from the break, we'll have a countdown from three to zero, and then you start the movie at the same time as we do, and the audio for the movie is edited into this episode, so all you have to do is turn the sound down on your TV or whatever a little bit, and you can hear the sound from the movie and the sound of us talking over it. want to thank all of you for joining us. Uh, big thanks to Bo for inviting us along on Legion Podcast. Uh, be sure and support them. We're going to hear a word from some other shows and we'll be right back. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. 
If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Broadcasting from the Cursed Earth, the Psycho-Semantic Cast. Let us face, without panic, the reality of our time. The fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities. And let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh, thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who sends off uh, you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him. The neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics. I knew I couldn't trust you corporate grease balls. We talk about movies. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? But that's police harassment. We talk about political movies. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew it. You can only see them with these special glasses. The Psycho Semanticast. And welcome back to Fancy of Friends. Uh, like I said before, we're watching the best goddamn movie that came out in 2018, which is Mandy. Uh, I had to bring in some some backup for this one because there's a lot to fucking unload in, in this movie. Uh, joining us is Duncan from Podcast Under the Stairs. I'm going to take it to the Matthews Bridge. Yeah. Bring that beat back up. Woo-ha! Ass like a chainsaw. Yep, which happens in this movie. So <laughs> It does. My asses get cut with chainsaws. That's uh, right. Joining Duncan and I, Darren from the Psycho Semanticast. Hello, everybody. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, hello, baby. Oh, I think I just got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to try every once in a while. We, we all have to try a little bit to make up for the sexiness of the one host that was going to be with us but couldn't. Yep, Mr. Ryan Lewis was going to join us. Uh, I'll probably try and snag him on the next episode. But, uh, yep, we're rolling three amigos through this fucking trippy, weird-ass movie tonight. So um, for those of you who haven't heard the show before, the way this works is you want to have your movie queued up to chapter one zero. So if you're watching this on Shutter, skip the fucking commercial that comes before it, the Shutter logo. If you're watching the Blu-ray, skip the FBI warning and just go straight to chapter one and set it to zero. I'll give a countdown from three down to one and say go, and that's where we start. Uh, the conversation on this is usually pretty loose, so I mean, if there's like a couple seconds delay or whatever, uh, it's not a huge deal. Also, we're going to spoil the ever-loving fuck out of this movie, so if you haven't seen it, stop listening right now and go fucking watch this on Shutter or buy the Blu-ray for about 15 bucks and come back to this, because... Uh, or buy no the excuse. Blu-ray and then watch it on Shutter while you're waiting for the Blu-ray to come. Yeah, I have Shutter and I bought the Blu-ray. The, this movie is that good. If if I was really hoping for like a three-disc box set of this fucking thing to come out, but the Blu-ray of this is relatively bare bones. There's like a quick featurette behind the scenes thing that answers no fucking questions about this thing. So and there's no audio commentary on it, which is total bullshit. So that's kind of why we're sitting here tonight. Um all of the knowledge that I've gained from this movie 
comes from the Wikipedia, the IMDb, and the episode of Shockwaves where they had Panos Cosmatos on there. Uh, so, like, if you try and Google this movie, you're going to get about a thousand results that are all people's reviews that use a lot of the same kind of language. And I don't really feel like any of them do it justice and, like, really sit down and kind of explain this movie. So we've got an awful lot to chew on here. So if you gentlemen are ready, we'll dive right into this thing. I'm ready, sir. All right. Let me make sure I'm ready to go here. And in three, two, one, go. Ooh. Things and stuff. (laughs) Stuff and things. (laughs) Sense. You know, the, the, the old vanity card. Piccadilly pictures. Did we miss the Spectre Vision one already? Elijah Woods Company. Oh, here it is. Yep. All right, that is his company. Yeah, that's right. He was like, "If you're making that movie, you're making it for me." Yeah, one one of those. There we go. Spectre Vision. It's one of these. Ah, I do love Spectre Vision. So. Apparently, this movie was in development for quite a while, like roughly around the same the same time that Beyond the Black Rainbow did. And Elijah Wood was the one that convinced uh, Panos Kasmatos that um, Nicolas Cage would be right for the character of Red instead of the cult leader, because the cult leader is what he originally auditioned for. And Red was going to be a lot younger of a guy. And yeah, apparently it was Elijah Wood that convinced, that made that happen. So thank God for him. Okay, a bitching statement. I want that on my gravestone. This opening quote, uh, it's not attributed in the movie whatsoever, but according to IMDb, it appears to come from the final words of Douglas Roberts, a man convicted of kidnapping, robbery, and murder in Texas and executed on April 20th, 2005. Why do thieves always have the best dying words? They got some time to think about it. They're (laughs) They're very complex people with complex thoughts. Maybe. Or are they crazy? Maybe. There's another quote later in the movie, we'll get to it, that is, um, well, kind of to paraphrase what it means, is that there's a very fine line between being spiritual and being crazy, kind of. (laughs) Yep. The, the one thing that the one thing that frustrates me about most reviews about this movie is the lack of attention paid to the score. The score of this movie, like you, you strip the score away from this movie, you've removed, I would say, a good third of what makes this movie fucking amazing. Or I'll say this: if this had a different score, it could have really easily been something that completely ruined this movie. Oh yeah, I think it definitely. had just like a, like a, I don't know, like like a butt rock soundtrack or like <laughs> almost almost anything that's not really weird and trippy and it needs to be really really weird and trippy and i think it's like i don't know a lot of people call it a heavy metal soundtrack i don't really think it's that um, no i'm with you on that one it's kind of ambient synth with some like heavy kind of like industrial guitar kind of stuff later on Definitely. that you kind of pumped up but a lot of like the first two thirds of it is very dreamlike and like fits like I don't know, a lot of people call this a fantasy movie too is another 
thing. Like, I, I think that was kind of the idea behind this movie going in was that this is going to be like a modern day dark fantasy. So there's lots of lots of fairy tale kind of references in this, and I, I, I think yeah, Johan's soundtrack really kind of reflects that. Oh, it totally does. I mean, let me put it this way: when Nicholas Cage uh, confronts the cult leader at the end of this movie. Um, and the epic showdown if Aerosmith don't want to close my eyes don't want to fall <laughs> and you know that would be a totally different yep. movie seal do some kiss from a rose I'll tell you right now that's where you know you've made it when you're a lumberjack that gets a helicopter <laughs> the fucking dream yeah you're cutting down some expensive trees at that point so yep. like I kind of thought this was supposed to take place in Oregon, but apparently it's supposed to be somewhere California, yep, like California. Pacific Northwest. Oh, Northern California around the Redwoods? Yeah. That, that makes sense. The creepy cult type people, you know, uh, escaping that way as the 60s went away. Mm-hmm. Charlie. So, his opening song is King Crimson. Uh, yes. It, the song is Starless. Uh, they're, the album it comes off of is called Red, which is kind of interesting. Ah, let's see what they did there. That's quite clever. So I, this kind of confuses me every time I watch this. Who's hitting the pipe in this opening scene? Is that Mandy or is that the chick from the cult? Because then we see Mandy's drawings immediately afterwards. I think it is supposed to be Mander. Teddies! Oh, hello. Wanna dial those teddies in like I'm tuning into a radio station. <laughs> Come on, every man's done it. <laughs> no woman enjoys it. Um, <laughs> they will give you a look. They will give you a fucking serious look. <laughs> And then if you if if you're not behaving, they'll try and do the same to your dick, and that's when no jokes are happening ever again. <laughs> like, oh, fucking right, not a game anymore. The Shadow Mountains. So yeah, set in the same year as Beyond the Black Rainbow, which I kind of think is awesome. Like he's oh, yeah. painting his own, his own little uh, world, his, his own little world of 1983. So I imagine that this is happening in California and in some other part of the world. Um, you have all the events of Beyond the Black Rainbow happening in the same time, which is kind of amazing. Fucking crew t shirt, respect. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, can you feel the love tonight? New drawing. Oh, it's kind of like um, jungle temple. I like it. It's not a funny joke, but couples are like that. Yeah. Private laughs. Yeah, it's all about the private laughs. <laughs> Now, I, I know you do not partake, uh, Duncan, and I forget, Mark, Uh-oh. you can't really say necessarily, well, I don't know about, like, with your job or whatever, but 
What drug wise? <laughs> well, uh, before ooh, we get too far into this, have you done acid or other hallucinogens? We'll we'll just say this: in my younger years, I may or may not have ingested certain substances that give me a little bit better perspective on where a lot of things in this movie are coming from. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> I think we're covered here. As Perhaps you read a book about lawyer it. and spokesman, Mark Ball, I can tell you right now that I you've may, covered yourself legally. <laughs> I may have knowledge of certain things that, like, but I think... Start to incriminate yourself, rain it back, rain it back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, may or may not. Don't say I may have. Like, I may or may not have. It's better. Right. Uh, anyway, that's another thing I feel like is missing from a lot of the, uh, like, it's, re- it's real easy to be like, oh, it's very Argento kind of psychedelic lighting, but there's other things in this movie that, like, I don't know, we, we'll get to it a little bit later in the movie, but people get really fucking high in this movie, and it's definitely, like, you, the, the, the word, that's a way to describe, uh, a way people describe a lot of movies is, like, it's Snow White on Acid. Well, yeah. th- this is like one of the first movies that like you really kind of feel like you have a psychedelic experience watching it without yeah. the need of actual hallucinogens. Like I wouldn't want to watch this movie on actual hallucinogens, but I like the the things it gets right about what it feels like to be on hallucinogens. I feel like this movie makes me feel trippier than Anytime I ever did mushrooms. Now, granted, they never really did much for me. I had to do other things, allegedly. Right. Well, uh, yeah, that's pretty. Anyway, just checking before we got to it. It's something that's massively misrepresented in movies. Like when you take acid, you don't like see things that aren't there. Everything just becomes very heightened. Colors become very heightened. Sensations become very heightened. Everything is just a lot fucking weirder than it normally is in normal life. So like, I don't know. This this goes a little bit beyond that, but it's dealing in it's working in kind of a fantasy world. I love this fucking shot of the sky. Looks like a fucking heavy metal cover. And oh yes, yeah. giving me a huge boner. Speaking speaking of um, hallucinogens and all the rest, uh, why did the fungi leave the party? <laughs> why? Because I wasn't mushroom there. <laughs> God damn it, you McLeish. Yes, I have a hundred. <laughs> jokes based on mushrooms and fungus so I'm glad that Dern <laughs> opened that door uh, and I'll be doing them periodically during this, re- this review of this movie well then start stocking up on your jokes about mescaline for a little bit later on <laughs> oh you don't want to open that door either uh, so <laughs> you think he put that cigarette on that bonfire of course he did because he's Nicholas fucking cage lumberjack Nicholas cage that's extra testosterone and mandy is doing her impression of bruce the shark from jaws (laughs) (laughs) and now fucking that woman from species Uh, i I, I genuinely love the reference that we haven't quite gotten to yet that she's she's swimming in crystal lake yes we're basically watching like a Friday the Thirteenth fan film for a large chunk of this movie, and I didn't, I didn't get the like I'd heard that before. I saw this for the first time at Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, I think, was one of the movies that Nicolas Cage watched before. 
he made this movie. I you definitely pick up on that in the second movie when you're kind of paying a little more attention to it. Like the last third of this movie, he becomes Jason. Yeah, it's Panos directed him to check him out, which I think is kind of amazing. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is like, I don't really do horror movies. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, that. Watch a watch a couple of Friday the Thirteenth movies, and I would have paid fucking cold hard cash to be a fly on the wall watching Nicholas Cage watch a Friday the Thirteenth movie. He probably laughed his balls off. Fucking blow my mind, man. <laughs> I just imagine him trying to recreate the dance scene from part four. Crispin Glover oh, dance. Oh, Crispin oh Glover. man. If anybody could do it, Nicolas Cage could do it. Oh, man. I, I, I bet you in his house he played all the parts from all the movies because that's how fucking amazing he is. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. Someone shot Bambi. This and the scene where she's telling the story about the baby birds are two... They're two kind of complex things because the first time I watched this, I these were the two scenes where I was like, man, why do they, they got to like bum you out in this movie like right from the get-go? And I, I kind of get it a little bit more now. Like the, it's these both of these scenes kind of serve the same purpose. It's to show that Mandy has... A lot of empathy and the the scene about the baby birds is more like kind of to imply past trauma mm-hmm. and you you get kind of the the impression that red has gone through some shit and that maybe he made some bad choices and is kind of in the position where he's at maybe he's a drunk but they but i get kind of the impression that they both kind of like drugs and yeah if it's mandy smoking weed at the beginning of this like that this but like They've just where this movie picks up is where they've they're they're pretty close to content. Like yeah. they've got they've got their own place. Like they can kind of just be left alone. He's got a good job that pays good. She's got a job that pays whatever, and she can kind of do her thing in her free time. And yeah, you don't have a friend like Bill Duke unless you've got a shady as fuck past. That's all. I'm yes. Saying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Bill Duke, if Bill Duke is your friend that you have to visit who has a fucking crossbow. Uh, which yes. has a name, a named crossbow. You've named your weapon. If that's a, if that's the world you're living in, yes, you come from a shady EF background. I wish that was like that'd be a deleted or like a scene for like a prequel for this. Is where Nicholas Cage just has to go to him. Is like I gotta hide my crossbow. <laughs> Hold on to this for me. I might need it someday. This is a genius in this movie, and this is the bit that most people don't connect with. So when you hear people say it doesn't really do anything, or there's only a couple of things that happen in the rest of the movie, just nothing happens. What they're not understanding is this whole first third of this movie is is dragging you into this really, really tender, emotional connection between two kind of broken souls who can yes. put each other, and what happens when one of them is torn away violently from the other one, the the cause and effect of that. You don't have that if in the first five minutes of this movie, Mandy's burned alive. You need to spend time with the characters. You need to be in their world. You need to become part of the furniture, almost, to then appreciate the journey that Cage goes on after. If you if you just want her to be kidnapped right at the beginning, then this does not differentiate from every other fucking um, kind of, you know, vengeance movie 
that's out there. You need to go through it. It is the genius of the movie, and it's what makes it a proper homage to 70s uh, kind of exploitation cinema, is that you can have a two-hour movie, and guess what? You can spend fucking ages. That's why I love Bone Tomahawk. That's why I don't understand the people that love Bone Tomahawk. Uh, there's people out there that love Bone Tomahawk, but don't love Mandy. And um, pacing-wise, they're about the same. The, both both movies have an incredible amount of time at the beginning, like 40-plus minutes setting up you know, okay, relationships with characters before things actually twist to the journey towards the point where shit will go fucking down. Um, so yeah, it's like is the is the very slow ascent of a roller coaster, and when you reach that top and you're about to drop, that's when shit gets real. You just get to sit back and enjoy the ride up there. Though I don't get, I, it's the one thing that's confused me the most is when people say that nothing happens in this movie. But then I lived through the same people saying nothing happens in Beyond the Black Rainbow, and that movie is densely packed with fucking subtext. That if you just to chew not, on. It's, it's almost too much to chew on Beyond the Black Rainbow. That's a movie which is basically telling you that the structure of your world, the suits, the the idea of authority, the, the idea of... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to stop you real quick because yep. I've only seen like the first 10 minutes of Beyond the Black Rainbow. I tried really hard to get us watching on that and I got about 10 minutes into it and I had to go do something else. So. I will kill you, Mark Ball. I was really... I wasn't quite as interested in it <laughs> Like from the okay, like we'll bring back the fancy five or whatever that segment was called. Only it's the first ten minutes beyond the black rainbow. Um, loved the visuals, but didn't quite connect to it as much as I do. Like immediately with Mandy, like I was kind of just thinking a minute ago. Like that'd be my maybe one gripe about Mandy is like I could have used another scene or two of Mandy and Red kind of just doing their thing at the beginning because you like them. They're, they're likable characters. Like you, you connect with them. Like they feel like people I know. And yeah, they don't really need to do that because then this is just like it's really not that long. It's a handful of scenes. It might like come to, you know, 20 minutes of the movie and then it fucking takes off like a rocket. So like it's it's all very methodical and like serves a purpose and gives you a lot to chew on, which I think helps repeat viewings of this movie massively. Yeah, I think when when you're discussing, I mean, that. The reason Beyond the Black Rainbow doesn't have that is because it's set in a fucking institute for mentally damaged people. And it primarily only has two characters in it. Um, so, yeah, you, and the two characters don't like each other. So it's difficult to gravitate towards that. It's a very cold and clinical movie. But underneath that plot, it is just all about how you just accept the world you're in and people being in authority. Uh, and the movie makes you kind of question what would happen if you break down those but it's, it's so densely packed with stuff but on a superficial level yeah when people say fuck all happens in that movie fuck all happens in that movie but you have to look beyond it um, and that's what I love about Mandy as well on one level Mandy is just a revenge movie that's all it is it's a long revenge movie and that's how a lot of people review it but yeah. when you start to peel beneath the surface into why why do the colours look certain ways? Why are characters referencing certain things? What is the tonal shift? What do these things mean? When you start peeling back those aspects of the movie, that's to me where the movie shines because it manages to be very, very clever um, under the guise of being a Nick Cage revenge movie. Um, and that's why I think Panos Cosmotos is fucking a genius. I, I genuinely think the guy is a genius. 
Um, if we have to wait five years, <laughs> like every time, for um, for a new movie from him, I can do that. Uh, if I can wait fucking twelve years for a new Tool album, I can wait another five <laughs> years for a fucking Panos fucking movie. Yes. Just rocking the Sabbath shirt now. Yep. It's because she's edgy and hot. We kind of miss the scene just then where she's still like still wandering around in the woods and you get this beautiful time lapse shot of her just like what she's looking at, which is just trees and shit. And like the smoke rolls in it, does this awesome thing with the fucking light, like this is another thing, like when you're on strong fucking drugs, like your connection to nature is massively heightened and everything about nature becomes like you know, extra <laughs> Of the cult in this movie. Now, before we get any further, have any of you ever been in a cult? Uh, yes, seven. Does getting drugged to Catholic church as a child by my grandma count? I was gonna say it does, because that's that was gonna be my answer. I, I went to Catholic school up until about fourth grade. Then I had to get um, CCAD, Continuing Catholicism's Absolute Dominance, or whatever the fuck that stood for, class for a while. Then I was allowed to quit. <laughs> I um, I have started seven sex cults, primarily with myself, <laughs> my hand and my penis. Uh, they've, they've all ended in a complete fucking massacre. It's like like many Wacos, like over the. <laughs> Like, you roofing yourself and wake up in a, in a masturbated, masturbated so <laughs> masturbated so hard that my pubes set on fire. <laughs> Children of the new dawn. Yeah, we get our our chapter two font here, which definitely looks like a like late eighties Stephen King cover, kind of. Mm-hmm. A little bit of yeah. thrash, maybe a little bit of that thrash power metal shit, <laughs> or a Grateful Dead album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wrong. Yes, you're old woman. Everything you do. I need young virgin. I'm so sorry, Jeremiah. You she may be old, but she could probably sucky sucky like none of these other chicks in this cult. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Like a Hoover, like a Dyson. Look at her. She's experienced. <laughs> Can do. That tornado tongue action. And that's what's really sad about like this chick's character is she's basically just a groupie. Yeah, she's one of Charles Manson's groupies. Yeah, all cults like need like everyone needs to have a purpose, even if it is just to be a sycophant or a groupie. Um, you, you need these people. That's what the, that's what makes the, the I think a cult me? structure is so bizarre yes, that when Jeremiah. you look at most cults the regardless the position really? that people end up because they all kind of have exactly the same structure regardless what part of the world they happen or anything and they usually always descend into the leader I, gets a lot of pussy um yep. like I, it's weird that like guys get power me, and then that translates to a lot of sex oh, oh he's worried look at his eyes if you're oh. not with me you're with the terrorists Yep. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on <laughs> you. 
food, we can't get food again. One of my favorite moments ever. Oh, God. America. You son of a bitch. You got, st- you got a chance? Go see that Vice movie. Go and see Sam Rockwell do maybe my favorite impression of uh, W. Bush ever. Fucking <laughs> amazing. <laughs> He's so good. He's so fucking good at scary. Oh, good. I've been needing to see it. Uh, the two people, I know you went to see it and I, I didn't yep. ask you. A couple of people were like, uh, whatever. But it's um it's it's a it's a, a funny yet wholly depressing movie because um it ends with the economy ruined. FYI spoiler alert to real life events. It ends with the economy ruined, America in a never ending war, and they did that perpetrated most of it being free <laughs> with a brand new heart. Yay. Yeah, that, that motherfucker. I I'm glad he thanked Satan at his awards. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For inspiring his character. <laughs> like the, the outrage of him thank, or over him thanking Satan was only surpassed by the amount of Americans that didn't know he was Welsh. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> I thought like, you, you, you all have seen him at an award ceremony before. He has won awards, and he is clearly I've, not American. We've all heard that fucking video of him getting pissed off the <laughs> the person. Yeah, the sound guy. <laughs> yeah, the sound guy. That was a, I don't even know, fucking forever ago. The one that like threw a phone at a fucking hotel clerk or something. Yeah, yeah. When he's in character, people are in trouble. Like when he... No, this was real life. Oh, in real life, I'm yeah. surprised. I can't remember if it was him or somebody else. That sounds like something Russell Crowe would have done. Might have been Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe definitely allegedly hit somebody with some sort of phone. <laughs> Definitely. But I don't know if it was a cell like phone. that. <laughs> he definitely allegedly. <laughs> it's definite that he has been alleged to have. This dude's face is kind of going the way of a California raisin. <laughs> it's like a, it's the sun a bit long. You've done too much meth. <laughs> Before you go, make me a cheese sandwich. <laughs> Cut the crust off. <laughs> Take your man bag with you. <laughs> that guy is Ned Dennehy. He's an Irish actor. He's been in a bunch of like British uh, oh, he's brilliant. miniseries. I haven't seen any of the stuff that he's been in, but he's been in a ton of shit. Oh, he's in Rogue One. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Uh, I sort of have never really paid attention because the, the last, the first time I watched this, I was on a very strong edible. Thanks. So I, I didn't really notice, but no. did he shoot up or did he just look like he was in an opium den? Yeah, I think he just kind of looked like he was yeah. in an opium den. Okay. They, uh, you know, they only really talk about them doing acid. The creepy wasp, giant wasp acid. <laughs> They've been shooting giant up the wasp. wasp. Acid for the wind. We live just down near Crystal Lake. 
If anyone's ever worked in retail, you will understand this conversation where someone wants to be your friend and you just want them to pay for the goods and fuck off. Well, this is yeah. like Hitch- this is like the Hitchcock shit here, where the audience yeah. knows that this lady is bad news, and we just want to jump in the screen and be like, "Mandy, don't talk to this fucking <laughs> man. Mandy, Mandy, don't Mandy. do it." <laughs> Mandy, can you hear me? <laughs> nice. I see. Yeah. I ain't got no tell. I just got a cardboard box. <laughs> I used to run the expo at a as a pizza shop and at a deli and for a short period of time i was a waiter at a chinese restaurant for this really strange uh, jehovah's witness woman that liked to sing opera jehovah's witness chinese restaurant yeah <laughs> it was really fucking weird and then yeah uh <laughs> she tried to get me to read the bible when it was really slow yes, like no i can't Burns us. Now, did you guys uh, watch the deleted scenes for this? I, I've not watched any deleted scenes for Mandy at all because it's perfect there, and I don't uh, need to sully it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't either. I, I I just didn't know they were on the fucking disc, probably. I, I didn't, uh, they were just, I, I thought I was getting ready to watch it again, and I found out that I was watching the deleted scenes. Uh, there was a scene in this, well, if you guys, I won't ruin it for you. The, part of this is cut out. The, Does it offer this, anything significant, or? No, really, that guy gets really weird about sand in his car. See, that's, yeah, that sounds like something that doesn't really add to the story whatsoever. Yeah, I, I feel like the only, they were, I'm, I'm fine with having seen it all, but my favorite deleted scene from all of this is just the entire uncut Cheddar Goblin commercial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By itself, full screen. Yeah. Yeah. Cheddar Goblin is one of the greatest things to come out of this movie. Like, I want Cheddar Goblin to get his own movie or possibly a TV show on Adult Swim. Because apparently that's <laughs> the Too Many Cooks guy that directed that. Guys, yeah. Okay. Yeah, other than that, there there was one scene where uh, Red is getting gas and the local cop shows up and he just talks a whole bunch of shit about Mandy. And Red is like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And like, blah 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 blah, and then you know the gas uh, price thing stops at like six six six. It was like, yeah, that's cool, but I guess you can cut that five minutes because this movie is what almost two hours as it it's is. It's just just about two hours, yeah. Two hours of fucking awesome, damn. Yeah, it's it's got a yeah. nice pace. Like it's a, a lot of shit, like. I'm sure there's quite a bit of stuff that hit the hit the editing room floor. This dude here, this look at him. His fucking haircut. Yeah, he's, he's got, got the, the die Edward haircut. That's a, that's almost a Kentucky waterfall right there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that is that a? A, uh, uh, what is it? A synonym for the ape drape or hockey <laughs> hair? Business in the front, cocaine in the back. 
<laughs> Have you heard the Vandal song? I've got an ape drape. No. Uh, about I'll, mullets? I'll send it. Yeah, it's all about mullets. It's like, I've got an ape drape. Yes, I do. Uh, short in front that... and long and back. It's short in front and long and back. Short in front and long and back. There's a lot of <laughs> punk bands that were kind of obsessed with mullets back in the like mid to late 90s. Yeah, I mean, that's cuddly They were from the <laughs> kid from the big, the big green. I'm sure they saw a whole lot of fucking mullets. <laughs> Augustus Blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I want to eat the chocolate. Oh. I want to party with the the Cenobite bikers. This is how you get Duncan erect as fuck. Get guys fucking gaffer tape leather to them and then shove them on bikes with spikes. <laughs> it's like literally the stuff I jack off to. It's definitely like psychomania. Oh, road, totally. Road warrior kind of kind of vibes here. Fucking ripping right out. There's parts of this movie where we really kind of just drift in and out of like different kinds of movies, and this is yeah. like. This scene is definitely a love letter to biker movies, which I fucking adore. It's, as oh, biker so movies think, are always my jam. I know a little bit. There is a little bit of Hellraiser here. You know, oh, he, there's he, there, there's a scene like here coming up that is like fucking ripped right out of like a Hellraiser comic book or something. Yeah, these guys the are box. He blew the whistle. You blew the whistle. Yep. We came. <laughs> <laughs> the horn of Abraxas. Which oh, I could no. not, could not for the life of me. Well, I'm sure it's here somewhere. What that's a fucking reference to. The horn of Abraxas is what I call my morning wood. <laughs> <laughs> it is magnificent in all its glory. I'll blow my horn of Abraxas. This. <laughs> Don't touch me. Ah, oh, I love it. He said, I can smell your cunt, Dr. Lecter. <laughs> love it. Okay, so I googled Abraxas. You guys yep. ready for this? Bring it. The word is found in Gnostic texts such as the Holy Book of the Great Invisible Spirit and also appears in the Greek magical pa 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 papaya? Something? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, that thing. Sure. It was, it was yeah. engraved on certain antique gemstones called, on that account, Abraxas stones, which were used as amulets or charms. Oh. So, it's, yeah, it's basically like a... Like a lucky charm. It's like Link's Ocarina and fucking Zelda, sort of. <laughs> it's Mad, magical stones. charm. 
I think that was musicals. the last Zelda I ever played. The Ocarina of Time. Ocarina? That was N64, so that was like fucking getting to be 20 years ago or so now. I was marked. Oh, I had it on the Wii, which is not very down. much longer. Come on, Grandpa. Play some Zelda games. Oh, no, don't play some Zelda games, God. because that's how we lost Danny Trioxin for about yeah, don't do that. a year. Yeah, right? I, I know I joke. I know I joke that me joining the show was why it went on hiatus, but I joined the show the same time he got his fucking Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I meant to I meant to bring that up on that last Midnight Horror Show recording that actually it was Zelda that killed the show for about half a fucking year. <laughs> but I digress. Man, I really want to go grab a beer, but I'm about to miss the fucking Hellraiser scene. <laughs> yeah. How fast are you? Not that fast. The scene will be over by the time I get back for sure. Fucking oh, yeah. watching in the woods. The Dario Argento lights behind him. Done. This for me, this is where fucking shit is about to get real. It's about to get real world season twelve up in this bitch. Yeah. Army's about to arrive from the future. And taking the stage right now, Slipknot, about to perform their classic <laughs> Wait and Bleed. I'm trying to think of a Hellraiser quote that I haven't been used already. In. I got nothing. This, this is fucking Hellraiser. Oh, yeah. Let Panos Cosmatos make a Hellraiser movie, you cowards. <laughs> It'd be interesting. Like genuinely don't want bad things to happen to man. Just got them set up the dog eyes. <laughs> oh no, I have not got the chocolate. <laughs> no, don't take the kid from the big green Fake vampire pizza boy from the X Files. Yeah. Oh yes. That was the first episode. Fun fact: that was the first episode of the X Files ever sat down to watch. I can't remember the name of the episode. Don't worry. The Holy shit, man! It's like season five or something. Yeah, I was, really, I really, I was like thirteen or so, like when they were when that was a new episode. Yeah, they were yeah. well in. And they're gone. Once again, that's Mark's very clever way of saying Duncan, you're so old. Get with the times, Grandpa. Grandpa. Don't you worry. He's just fine. And he'll stay that way, as long as you're a good girl, <laughs> and do as you're told. Fucking creepy. I... Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna bleach your hair, and make you a denim vest. You know, <laughs> he thinks you're so special, and I hope you, you bitch. Big bowl of. Poisoned apples really sells the the Snow White kind of deal. Mm -hmm. 
also the way she looks, she basically looks like the hag. Yeah. Whips from the woods. Yeah. Yep. Very well done. Very clever. So we're about to see she gets she gets some drops of something in her eye and then the fucking wicked witch of the west there is going to go pull out a giant fucking wasp out of a jar. I'm not really aware of such a drug like being based of whatsoever in reality but like there are certain animals out in nature that like parts of their body or like you know things that like they create are hallucinogens like you can get DMT from certain kinds of frogs so I mean I I have no idea if this is to me this is like really kind of an homage to like naked lunch and like some Cronenberg shit and this looks way cooler than if they just rubbed a frog all over her face (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's the frog Oh my god. It's fucking gnarly. But, as we'll see, and obviously, like, we're going into this assuming you've seen this, it doesn't fucking phase her. She still is, like, in control. And that that's, like, like, she's still in control enough to just completely laugh in the fucking cult leader guy's face. And that that comes from, I think, experience with with. Regardless how fucking good your drugs you think you have are, you ain't that good. <coughs> Mandy's been there and done that. Yeah. Yeah. She's seasoned. I mean, she might be fucking high out of her face right now, but she's still got it together enough that she's in control. Yeah, she and rolled she, off at that man's dick. She shuts him the fuck down. Like, you can, like, this is one of the craziest scenes in this whole movie because it's like all psychological like yeah. I, I love the Nicolas Cage cutting people's heads off type of shit but like this movie like you can feel this dude getting his dick fucking kicked in basically yeah <laughs> and, you know some people I know like to have sex on acid or uh, mescaline or peyote. Uh, I never did. I like, I like, yeah, I like to have sex in my bed. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. That'll uncomfortable. You wanna uh, do it on a big pile of the shrimps? Shrimps, man. Peyote shrimps. patch. Shrimps, dude. In the uh, desert. I mean, fucking we, we are almost an hour in, and I haven't said rad once. This is incredibly fucking trippy. Okay. Yep. Love it. Love everything about this whole scene. You call a lot of these shots, apparently the way he achieves this effect is he's aiming tiny little, like you can't see it, it's off camera, but he's shooting LED lights into the fucking camera. That's where you get like all these lens flares like we see in this shot. Super, super simple thing that you wouldn't think. Like, oh, I was trying to fucking light right in the camera. All right, his speech gives me the fucking willies, so I'm going to take this opportunity to grab a beer real quick. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Running away, are ya? <laughs> I, this still isn't the weirdest thing that I've heard somebody saying when I've walked into a house full of people on an, on hallucinogens. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, on occasion you'll get a room full of people that think they smell gas, and that can be oh, sort of yeah. fun to go, oh, yeah, I think I smell it. You better look for it and find it. Uh, you know, other times you walk in on somebody uh, playing <laughs> Super Mario Kart. It's, uh... <laughs> it's a big variety, but uh, anytime that I walked in and they had their penis out, yeah, it's never, never been like what we're getting ready to see with this, this guy that's what, like pitching his Instagram or something, perhaps. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> the first time, describe it. Yeah, the first time I watched this movie, I was so upset to find out that um, he owned the same bathrobe as me. Because <laughs> I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have rather listened to the Carpenters, but I can live <laughs> with this song. Yeah. Even though it's all about him. What do you think? Look at me. Wait. I need to get 13,000 more followers. For next Friday, he's two seconds away from going. Uh, do you like Phil Collins? <laughs> I was never a big fan of uh, you know until I heard Sister Studio. <laughs> I forgot that I, I had to hurry back because there was a dick shot coming up. Did you, oh, you see? Almost... I forgot I had a heady back. I forgot. I, no, I forgot that I had to hurry back. Oh, that makes more sense. I was like, how did you forget you had a hitty back? <laughs> I was ready to stand tall with the great... Uh, no, he doesn't have... I was saying to Mark while you weren't... I was to... Sorry, Darren, while you weren't here, Mark, that I was so disappointed the first time I watched this movie that I realised that he owned the same house coat as me. Look at him. Them fucking Mortal Kombat shoulders on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I walk around the house like Scorpion and just tell people to get over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a very like Edgar Winter band kind of like fucking late 70s kind of rock style if I, if I walk like if we're having hot dogs in the house and maybe we've made one too many and there's one left in the plate I walk in and go finish him <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh here we go that is a sexually aggressive pose sir get your hands back yeah, yikes. <coughs> yeah, I think the the visual effects on this have uh, probably been the closest to my recollection of times on hallucinogens, allegedly, in any film that I've seen. One of the coolest effects in a movie last year. Loving life. Yeah, this this scene is fucking crazy. Float over me like the pulse of the this sh- this shot with it kind of dissolving back and forth with their their face like almost perfectly lined up. Yeah, that that fucked would be pretty. This was when I was sort of peeking and my uh, edible high. Should I stop talking about this? I don't know what kind of audience <laughs> you're going for. Oh, I was going for. 
In fairness, I just talked earlier on about masturbating so hard that I burned myself, so I think we can get away with talking about hallucinogens. I don't tell people at work about this show if that answers your question. Okay. Because, you know, masturbating... He's embarrassed by us, Dan. It's funny. There's certain things your work doesn't need to know about you. So right. Oh, God, that's true. The one time I got arrested... The cops showed the surveillance footage to the he people I worked with. That fucking sucked. That's cold. All that <laughs> yeah. So all that is is yours. Yeah. This so this whole scene is just like, look what a and fucking entitled male asshole dude this guy is. He's like the ultimate, just like fucking ego trip. I was what is chosen by Jesus. <laughs> All of it. Because you know how much Jesus it. loves violence. My words. <laughs> My he might like drugs, but My we really name. know how much he likes about violence. Yeah, he, he definitely has the, the pick which fucking rules of religion I want to follow kind of deal. You know he's been banging every one of the female members of that cult. I've been blessed to know that. I would just say every member of that cult. Probably. But there are few that have had your race. Oh, that's another possible uh, deleted scene that I've seen. Sorry. I, too, am a special one. Such a well... This whole scene is so well put together, by the way. <clears throat> also, that whole monologue he did there, he didn't blink once, which is incredibly difficult to do. Be gentle. Unless you're really fucking high. Hi. <laughs> I'm gonna untie my robe. Gonna get my <laughs> dick out. Gonna get my dick. Look at it. Look at my dick. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, it's cold, Mark. I mean, I will remind people that that is probably his real dick, and it was very brave of him <laughs> as an actor to bear it for people, and they maybe shouldn't make fun of it. But it, it could be cold. I don't know if the scene would have played as well if he just had like a fucking <laughs> dick that hangs down to his ankles, basically. He is a grower, not a shore, right? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So, like, you're allowed to be that. It's realistic. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. They call me Tripod for a reason. <laughs> uh. I fucking love this. I love all things about Mandy, but I fucking love this about Mandy. Yeah, that's not the... Don't do that, no. Don't wank in anger. Never wank in anger. No. <laughs> this is what we this is what we call pulling a Weinstein. Oh, or a Louis C.K. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you hear his his last joke he tried out? It's like oh, I like to jerk of off and I hate being alone. Is that his joke? Yeah. He's just leaning right into it. Yeah, he's a fucking dipshit. That's not a joke, Lou. That's an accurate statement. <laughs> That's what he likes to do. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Nicholas Cage. 
Put the bonnet down. <laughs> I have a fucking barbed wire, man. Yeah. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me what to do. Tell me. Right off his mascara. His guy liner, I mean. Tell me. Guy liner. <clears throat> I'm not talking shit on guy liner. I just really like to see this guy like in horrible pain because he's such a fucking asswipe. But right, here's a word from the almighty Mark. That probably means he took too much LSD. And the word from the almighty says, make me a cheese sandwich. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if I took enough fucking acid in my lifetime, Jesus probably talked to me too and told me all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> enough acid at once or eventually? I mean, over time, at once. I mean, clearly one batch of badass had turned some of these motherfuckers into Cenobites, so... In love. I'll show you love. Lucy? I kind of just realized for the first time that that whole scene took place in their house. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I was kind of thought they did the movie thing where it's like blah, 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 back at their fucking pad. <laughs> so that means they brought the fucking wasp in that like mason jar to the house. Olives, Mark, you're not gonna leave that in the house. You're gonna take it with you. And it just makes the scene a lot grosser, knowing like that, like that was the one thing these guys had going for them was their isolation out in this place, and they had their place, and these dickwads just like come in like a fucking bird through the window. How yep. much? Came in like a hurricane. So what? Wrecking ball? What? Yeah. And their bedroom was just uh, like a terrarium. It was just windows. I could never. I, I couldn't. I I wouldn't care if I own a hundred miles in each direction for my bedroom window. I couldn't just have it all be glass. Would get oh, fucking cold as fuck. Such an exhibitionist, I would not care. <laughs> to jerk off for Bambi standing outside your window. Oh, like the, the like. The, I'm fine the, the, being the an exhibitionist, but I'm afraid of somebody wanting to murder me. Oh no! Like lure them in, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> That's one plus of living out in the middle of nowhere is you can hear like a truck and shit coming from a fucking long ways away. This is the tainted blade. Straight from the crystal lair. Ooh, sick burn. <laughs> the abyssal lair. Poor stupid pigs. So fucking awesome. Born without souls. It just like sounds like something ripped right out of a fucking metal album. Oh yeah. And the pigs thing. That's that's very yeah, mean. Charlie Manson. Char- Charles Manson. I said, I I I I want the knife. <laughs> Please. Please. You know what Jesus' big mistake was? Let him ask it. He didn't offer up a 
We keep getting these shots of like the like important items of the movie like flashing in green light. It almost it does feel almost like a fucking Zelda thing, but it also kind of explains when we get to the animated segment later in the movie, kind of what the what the glowing green thing is. Which I didn't really it's another thing I didn't really get on the first go around. Stabbed right in the side, just like Jesus. But religious symbolism for all y'all out there. Bunch of goddamn Jesus freaks. The cleansing power of fire cannot be reasoned with. Unless you have a fire extinguisher. Yep, always keep a fire extinguisher on hand. Health and safety from Fancy and Friends. I mean, you need two functioning hands to operate one, which Nicolas Cage admittedly doesn't have right at the at the moment in this movie, but... This is true. He's got his feet, though. Also, don't shoot don't shoot your friends with a fire extinguisher thinking it'll fun. That shit can fuck you up, kind of. Yeah, jackass have a lot to answer for. <laughs> it's basically like baking soda coming out at fucking almost 200 PSI. You don't want to get blasted in the face with that shit. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> to see like the fucking sad, like the the fucking linchpin in this whole goddamn movie. Just so we're all calibrated. Mandy is kind of like our fucking envelope of cash and psycho in this movie. She's <laughs> almost a MacGuffin. She is the flushing toilet. She's what sets soul. Rage cage in action. Yeah. So we're basically once again a little bit of Friday the 13th here, sleeping bag death. Outlander! We're dousing your woman! <laughs> she will no longer live! Oh, that, but yeah, that's so fucked up, right? I still haven't been desensitized to child death because my kid's only three. Hopefully, four or five will. I'll be able it to watch. It doesn't. Pet no, it doesn't get no, no, no. It doesn't get, no, it doesn't uh, get better. It gets worse. If anything, it gets worse because uh, they're old enough fuck. to. They start to get old enough that they could go out and actually get in trouble. Oh God. He yeah. He's why I can't watch American Horror Story Hotel because he's tiny and wavy blonde hair. Oh, yeah, it looks like you guys are gonna love movie. fucking climax. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Just talking to somebody about that movie and how like I can't walk out of it. I walked out of it with a fucking migraine, so I can't really say that I enjoyed it. It was also the fifth movie I'd watched that day, and yeah, the last third of that movie is like fucking Mandy's got nothing on that movie as far as what a bad <laughs> drug trip is kind of like that movie's like fucking you took the worst PCP that money can buy and you're on you're on your way to hell for a little while oh man yep. none well, of that's spoilers that's all of Gaspar Noe that's what he does <laughs> yeah which I was like real familiar with his movies before going into Climax last year and yeah it, it kind of fucked me up Oh, like Enter the Void is just basically a whole movie about a, a massive DMT trip. So, 
Yeah, I think I've seen the, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And then if you want a, like the feel-good movie of the, the decade, you go away and watch Irreversible <clears throat> with its 15-minute graphic rape scene. It's maybe the worst <laughs> scene ever captured on camera. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I need to see that. You kind of do. It's an amazing movie. <laughs> God damn it, Duncan. It's really fucking great. That movie's incredible. Um you'll not feel good about yourself after watching it but it's an experience unlike any experience you'll ever see um, I find the older I get the less I frequent the I'm pretty sure this is going to ruin my day kind of movie like your your cannibal holocausts and your Serbian <laughs> films and shit like that like I don't, I don't know what it is maybe I'm getting soft in my old age or something but like I, every once in a while I'll get a fucking wild hair on my ass and I'll be like alright do your worst movie but those those days become less and less frequent the older I get. You become like the the human equivalent of a poison lyric. <laughs> and looking for nothing but a good time. Yep. How can I resist? I'm I'm the other way. I genuinely I've, I'm I'm going out my way to experience the most unpleasant side of cinema possible. <laughs> It just gets worse. Um, like anything that's weird, anything that's abstract, anything that makes me hate humanity, and I'm pretty much there <laughs> on the front of the line. Get I watch some pretty ridiculously dark shit when I go to the film festival just because I don't you know must, any better yeah, going into yeah. it. But you like, still program a lot of that shit there because it just won't play anywhere else except the like film festival. Fucking We're the Flesh. I love that movie, Mark. They have never been so uncomfortable in a theater before. Yeah, because there's there's jizz in that movie. <laughs> underage, well, <laughs> implied underage dick and vagina and brother yep. sister fucking in that movie. Also, spoiler alert: don't watch it. It's not good. It's a great movie. Watch it. The first thirty minutes of it are people unwinding tape. Fuck that movie. Watch that movie, it's great. <laughs> Duncan says watch it. I say no. <laughs> no. Take no. whoever's opinion you choose. Fine. <laughs> so I like how we just like totally deflected and talked about dumb shit all through the, the, the burning scene. We had to do it. We couldn't be sitting there that. This is how you cope with trauma, by, by completely ignoring it, deflecting it, and waiting for it to come back and haunt you later. Yes. Avoidance. We are gearing up now for the introduction of the almighty Cheddar Goblin. All hail the Cheddar Goblin. And like one of like probably the most talked about scenes in movies last year, which is the the cage bathroom scene. I think it's fucking incredible. I actually think it's incredible. And anyone that says it's funny, um, I think he's given it his all. I think grief sometimes manifests in really weird ways for people. And what I love about it is clearly you can see it in the camera work because the, the, the Panos and the cinematographer really don't have a fucking clue what he's about to do next to so the camera's like moving back and forward and all the rest. And I kind of love that because I imagine that whole scene is just Panos going like that. Right, just go. Just give me give me what you've got, Cage. And he just he, he taps into I don't know, he has a way of tapping into emotions which are, are ridiculous, but human emotions are ridiculous. 
most people have the good fortune of not knowing what it's like to go through something fucking so traumatic as seeing somebody you love burnt in front of your face. So it's hard to imagine how anybody would really react in that kind of a situation. Like if you haven't gone through something like that. So I tell you, there's at least one thing, right? In every other movie, people can just fucking neck straight like vodka or straight fucking whiskey and just like chug it down as if it's fucking water without any sort of like proper wincing or like the thing about Cage in this one is when he's drinking that vodka it burns his throat and you can see him acting about how it burns that's probably the most authentic scene I've ever seen in a fucking movie full stop all these oh just drink this whiskey and slam it back and no wince on my face that like that that's either piss water you're drinking um, or it's not a real whiskey because like, <laughs> trust me that I shit don't know, man. Like, I think he's a good enough actor that like it might just be fucking water and he's playing he knows that's what I mean, though. That's what every I mean. yeah, that he's, he's doing yeah I think it is water I don't think it's vodka they've given him a oh, okay. he, that's, that's why I think he sells that whole performance it's the small attention to detail in everything he does everyone's like ah, he's just being goofy and he's just playing over the top and all the rest. No, no, the attention to detail and everything he's doing, he's aware of all the wounds his character has. He's aware of what drinking straight vodka would do to you. Um, and it's so, like, it's such a well-crafted scene um, that when everyone's laughing about the cage rage goofiness of it, I'm like that. You're just not, you're not appreciating the art that goes into that fucking scene. I think it's, I, I think he's amazing in this movie and it's maybe one of my favourite scenes in it. That and obviously when he snaps that guy's neck and we get a fucking <laughs> zoom in on his face like he's fucking Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, here we go. Rock in the pants. Why front central? Woo! I mean, he lives out in the country. That's a country thing, too. <laughs> yeah. No pants. <laughs> here we go. Cheddar Goblin. Come to me, my cheddar goblin. Such a fucking good actor. Here we go. Please <laughs> <laughs> <His> face. <laughs> All the macaroni cheese. Oh, <laughs> <cheddar>. <laughs> cheddar goblin, the goblin that vomits macaroni cheese. My duvain. Hello. Goblins agree. Cheddar goblin's number one. That fucking shot at the end. <laughs> This is coming fucking up in the macro. Creepy as fuck. <laughs> so good, man. So good. <laughs> and they go to the emergency broadcast test and they are off the air. Symbolism. Yep. And I will tell you right now, and that's because no one goes on after Cheddar Goblin. He's the headline in that. <laughs> well, sorta. I mean, real <laughs> 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 sure. Animated part. 
the the fucking balls on the people that made this movie, like thinking that this was like, man, like how many other movies can you think of where like we'll just randomly cut to fucking old school kind of like traditionally hand drawn kind of animation, Kill Bill, and, and make that work. Kill Bill's yeah. one. Yeah, but that's what, uh, that's what I mean. Not meant, and it, it's done. It's done very very well because of that. And it's done for exactly the same purpose in Kill Bill as it's done there. It's purely for an aesthetic purpose to show a specific style that would fit with it. Love it. KG, come on. That fucking wallpaper, man. The yeah, balls. It's like, some, it's like something out of The Shining. You've always been here, Mandy. <laughs> I corrected them, sir. <laughs> I could figure out if they just did this in one take. I would have oh, it's to. all one take. Think so. Yeah. Or if yeah, they made them do is... this more than once, like oh, I think this is a one-hit. No, I think probably... they made them do. This is an end of the day kind of shot, probably. I think this is Cage. I think Cage would do this as many times as you want him to do it. Look at the camera, uh, yeah. camera work here. I'd like because the camera's like we're going to zoom in here, and then it's like wait, we'll just hold back here, right? Uh, zoom up. It's just fucking amazing. No, that's and that's it, definitely a steady cam. There's a dude operating yeah. that with it, like right in his hands, and <laughs> standing in the bathtub. Get real close on cage, but what's he gonna do? That's the danger. Is you don't know what he's gonna do. What is like whiskey that he's drinking, isn't it? Or is it vodka? It's vodka. I think it's, it's vodka. Yeah. Look kind of brown in that shot, but I think it's all the blood on his hand reflecting on it. Yeah. This movie this really makes me feel bad about drinking non vodka. This movie just gives you Bill Duke for no other reason than it, it can. Fucking <laughs> Bill Duke. Gonna this dude. Gonna have me some fun tonight. Gonna have me some fun tonight. I gotta look up his IMDb because it blew my mind when I was reading it earlier. Yeah. Oh, it's Where you at, Bill Duke? Yeah. I eat cream berries for breakfast. He owns Duke Media Entertainment. Uh, is dedicated to bringing quality edutainment to audiences around the globe. Amazing. He's fucking directed. Perfect Where's it at? He's directed 68 motion pictures. Of course he has. How many of them have you seen, Mark? He's acted in 69 of them. There you go. Uh, probably not a lot of them. A lot of them are, yeah, probably made for his network or whatever. Yeah, most people know him as the guy from Predator. Predator, Commando. Commando. Yeah, he's in, what do you call it? A uh, fuck. Is it one of the X-Men movies? Much other shit. Yeah, lots of 80s shit. <laughs> oh, chocolate. Cheddar Goblin Box is the background of that one That's shot. That's right. Like What's he drinking on over there? Is that a fucking 40 of like strawberry Mad Dog 2020 or something? Yeah, well.
Love that scene. This is like one of my favorite. It is. It's like a forty of fucking cherry coke or something. Strawberry Fanta. Whole bunch of them. They lit her on fire. Then there was a muscle. It didn't make any sense. They were bikers and gnarly psychos and. Crazy evil. Oh, that knows all about them. Black skulls. Yeah, this is where we get the backstory on the fucking black, black skulls. Jeff, if you're gonna have a gang of fucking Look interdimensional psychedelic cenobites, for a while now, you should call it the black skulls. Oh yeah. Something dark and fearsome out there. No one knows where they come. What I love about the whole dialogue is he sets up and he's like everyone ever telling you a story about someone that's a complete badass or something that is a complete badass, you always have to drop the line. I saw them this one time. <laughs> Got real close. No, you never. You never got close to them, don't it? Such a fucking liar. Percy says, words come down from the big rigs. Yeah. Which means, like, he hangs out at, like, the truck stop, I guess. Oh, yeah. Look at him. He knows a bunch of truckers. Yeah. He's into the lot lizards. I mean, in log country, there is a shitload of dudes who gotta be able to drive big trucks hauling fucking logs out, but... And cook them up. I'm in a shave with a machete. <laughs> but your hunting is rabid and and you're I also like will speak without blinking. No one blinks in this movie. It's weird. <laughs> it's because drugs, Duncan. Bill Dick doesn't take drugs. Look at him. That's a man that's perfectly sane. Last I heard on the CD. I love this. He's had enough drugs. Don't be negative. Yeah, maybe Bill Duke turned it around. You know, he's just living out in his trailer, building arrows for fucking Nicolas Cage. <laughs> building arrows for fat kids that like cake. But you know what the freakiest part was? What's that? They fucking love it. Oh, chills, man. I got chills and my heart flying. Here we go, and then it's like that. Yeah, they fucking love it. He's like that. You know what? Make a fucking axe. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the Judas Priest. I've got a weld a death, a death cleaver. Yeah, if memory serves, he makes this fucking axe, and then right after making that axe, you get the fucking... 90s mayhem black metal logo of Mandy that comes up on the screen and you might as well, you might as well attach a giant fucking 10 foot steel cock to the front of me. That's how hard <laughs> my dick is. Better shape up. Cause I need a Mandy and my heart is on you. According to IMDB, the, the axe is similar to the logo for the band Celtic Frost. Nice. It's kind of like Oh, uh, okay. They're, they're like, it might be like Norwegian black metal. That pound that metal. They must have did you wrong. Well... <laughs> I'm going to drug my tiger. Here we go. Put that 
gefangen war das. Wow. He's got his, his, his favorite talking, shirt on. Oh, fucking stroke it. You're fucking absorbing guys. metal. <laughs> Metal and Norwegian uh, folk tales, right now. I'm like one month and what, one week away from seeing Lord of Lords of Chaos open fucking Glasgow Fright Fest, and I can't fucking wait. I liked it. I didn't love it. Mark, you and me are gonna have words, and most of my words to you are gonna contain four letters and are not considered nice in civilized society. <laughs> it wasn't quite. Uh, it's complicated. It's, I, I can already. I, I've seen the trailer and what that. This is a movie that's been made for Duncan. Definitely check it out. It's 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 like a. I give it like a seven out of ten for sure. I will seven out of ten your face with the back. I, of my want, I wanted it to be a fucking ten. I think that was the last thing I saw at Fantastic. No, it was Bad Times at Del Real. It was like the second to last thing I saw. How was Bad Times at Del Real? Good movie. I enjoyed that. I liked it a lot. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Twisty. Good. Twisty movie. I almost bought the Blu-ray of it the other night when it was at Target, but I picked the, the fucking Halloween Blu-ray instead. Uh, I want to watch Overlord. I can't fucking wait. Oh, Overlord's so good, man. I loved Overlord. Yeah, you guys were all right. I should have rented Halloween instead of buying it. Because I think I could rent it two more times and it'd be worth the cost of buying it. There's things I really don't like about that movie, but there's a lot of things I really like about that movie. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I think it's a like, good movie. I uh, just don't Jamie think Lee Curtis, her character is great. It's just... Yeah, just trying to think of how many times I would watch it. Yeah, if if I bought all, if I picked and choose through the whole thing, it would be Halloween one, Halloween two, Halloween three, and maybe this one. I own one and three, so I guess it's a fifty-fifty chance of me buying it. But. I mean, the twenty eighteen one will be one that I'll definitely throw on every October, probably, because I think it's better than like parts. Through the rest of them. Agreed. Yeah, I, I was really surprised that Halloween 3 was on discount during Halloween this year. So I got it for like five bucks. As if people the... don't understand how awesome that movie is. <laughs> the scre- the, yeah. You're talking about Scream Factory one? Yeah. It was okay. super fucking cheap. It's so awesome that we're probably recording this just now. I am, in fact, wearing only. <laughs> This is going to upset your listeners. Only a season of the witch, uh, long sleeve baseball top, and a pair of slippers. Is it the cavity colors <laughs> one? Uh, no, it's the fright rags one. Okay, I'm wearing a cavity colors Halloween '78 shirt right now that I got for Christmas. Dude, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, this was not planned. This was totally planned, Mark. Don't, but we're totally we're Halloween bros. We I don't twinsies. remember where I got it, but I'm wearing a. Pinocchio Hellraiser shirt. Nice. I really can't remember where I fucking got it, but this dude's about to ruin his favorite shirt. Yeah, we're and as a result the... of that. Later on, his neck will be snapped. So we've awesome wandered day. wandered into a completely different movie now. This feels like a fucking James Wan or like Eli Roth torture porn movie for a couple of 
you know, just this this little part, and this movie wanders in and out of different movies throughout this last like half of it. I'll have to see if I can find the, the factoids on the shirt. I think it's a Reggie Jackson shirt. Reggie Jackson? Or Bo Jackson? I don't fucking do sports uh, ball, so I have no idea. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. I don't know who Reggie Jackson is, but Bo Jackson played baseball and football and possibly another <laughs> sport. I am probably thinking of Bo Jackson. But uh, Reggie Jackson could be one of the Jackson Five. <laughs> one of the lesser talented ones of it, we can only imagine, and that none of us know who he is. So one of the significant beat the of... shit out of when he got tired of smacking around Tito. I don't know who Tito is. Oh, Tito Jackson. Let's not go go there. Let's get this on back on track just a little bit. So part of the significance of the shirt, why it's his favorite shirt, is there's a scene earlier where it's supposed to be uh, Red meeting Mandy for the first time, and he's wearing that shirt. So that's probably primarily the the whole deal with this, but I'm looking the other thing up. It was, no, it's New York Yankees, Reggie Jackson shirt. He was famous for hitting three straight home runs during Game Six in 1977. Yeah, that was that was the year of uh, David so, Berkowitz. Summer of Sam. That's the other thing. The number yeah. 44 also refers to the real life serial killer David Berkowitz, also known as Son of Sam and the 44 caliber killer. 44 caliber killer. Also in 77, which would have been six years before this movie takes place. It's the only yep. killer in history that has used the same excuse that a child uses for not bringing in his homework. <laughs> the dog. <Yeah. laughs> Literally. <laughs> so the dog told me to do it. Man, that fucking... I need to rewatch that. Was it, did Spike Lee do Spike do? Lee, yeah, did the Summer of Sam movie. Summer of Sam. John Leguizamo, Adrian Brody. Let's just think of the scene with the dog. Kill... Yeah. Yeah, that was very look who's talking now, but the rest of the movie was was all right. And I love that. I love the movie because it's it focuses not necessarily on that. It focuses on what New York was like during it. I think that's the genius of that movie is you don't have to because every other serial killer is all about the serial killer in that movie. It's all about everything else. Oh no. I don't need to see bloody ass cheeks again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> we, we just missed him killing the guy with the box cutter. This last year was the year of the box cutter killings because he also oh, had yeah. a great one. Uh, the night comes for us. Yes, which was probably like Mandy's pretty fucking violent, but night night comes for us was the most violent, amazing fucking action movie I saw last year. Oh, yeah, it's probably the best action movie of last year. Seeing that with a fucking crowd at midnight when everybody was about half drunk, like, my dick has never been harder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, vintage porn. Love it. I didn't catch until the second time I watched it that this dude has a fucking knife for a dick, which I feel like is definitely a reference to Seven. Yeah, which I saw way too young to understand the whole scene of the dude with the fucking knife strap on <laughs> he was fucking her he was fucking her oh my god oh my god when I saw seven 
This is what makes vintage porn amazing, because it's just one position for a hundred minutes. <laughs> Nobody shaves. Everybody's kind of ugly. Yeah. Fucking yeah, table down. Down in the table of fucking blow. He's not happy. He is not happy, Chaffee. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yep. Fucking. Oh my god. It's very. What do you call it? It's very. Um, a Leviathan. A very second Hellraiser movie, Dr. Chenard. Right, come on, shotgun man, this is just the greatest fucking thing ever. That that part for a very evil dead too. Oh yeah. The the, the blood of these these is definitely evil dead too, but the that's super Sam Raimi blood splatter. Love this. <laughs> Kung Fu roll <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> you remasher, you remasher. Here we go. Oh this is fucking kill well and a half. Do it. Love it. Oh the greatest fucking thing ever. Oh, that's the guy from before, so he had to crawl out of that fucking pit. Yeah. Oh, his next snap. So he's <laughs> been through some hell. Let's get a pick me up. Oh yeah, here we go. Am that's I crazy or does it? He he totally fucking hoovers a bunch of that shit. Yeah, that's a selfish fucking lane. It's probably vitamin B. Oh, you just that's, leave my axe up there. That's usually like. Usually, what people use as a substitute, I think, in these movies is like crushed up vitamin B pills. Yeah, I forget is the is the axe called the Reaper or is the crossbow called that? Uh, the crossbow is called the Reaper. Okay. I feel like the axe has a name, but I can't think of what it is. All of a sudden, look at all the Chinese food boxes. Yeah, still a bunch of drunk losers live here. Oh my god, so the first time I watched this movie, I thought this part that's coming up was going to be the end of the movie, and this was going to be the ultimate fuck you as he dips his fingers into the wrong jar. Oh, they... <laughs> and I kind of maybe would have been okay with that, like, I'm like, damn, this movie fucking goes for the, the anti-drug thing kind of at the end. <laughs> Thank thankfully, that's not the end of the movie, but when I first watched this, I sort of thought this was where the fucking movie ends. Because we're about just under five minutes before 90 minutes on this thing. So. Yeah, let me let me just tell you a little bit something about this. See what see what happens when he tastes this is basically what every human being goes through when they stub their toe on the side of the bed. Yes. By literally the wave of emotion you go through. Just, just think get- about it. You stub your toe. You get kicked in the nuts. Yeah, this is exactly. You go through all this shit flashes about. So like, you just imagine stubbing your toe right about now. <laughs> you're you're about <laughs> two or three seconds ahead of me, I think. Oh no, Mark. That's no. okay. It's, it still syncs up pretty good. Yep, but that's yeah. This is like. I've, I've full disclosure. I've never tried DMT, but I've heard that that's kind of what a DMT trip is like. It only lasts a couple minutes, and it's like they call it lightning LSD because it fucking kicks in immediately. So if what he just tried was acid, like the fucking chemist and those guys say, like it kicks in real fast. I don't know how. I'm sure he's wearing contacts there for his pupils to be the size yeah. of fucking quarters. 
But either that, or Nick Cage is that good an actor that he can just do that on command. I'm sure it's either digital or not text, probably. You're like, you know, like Ron Jeremy can just shoot his load whenever he wants. Like, Plus kind of just psych himself up so much his pupils look like he's tripping balls. Here we go. <gasps> Wait one second. Fooled you. It's like, have I fooled them? Or no. This dude's. No way you get up. No way. <laughs> I love that. It's just the fucking audacity of this movie just to have that scene. Super action was... movie. It's like, man. Oh, it's so fucking this, good. This is where, like, if this was a Schwarzenegger movie, he'd be reaching for the really big gun. Mm-hmm. He'd be doing one liners that end stick around. <laughs> you know what I mean? You told me you killed me less. I lied. If you're wondering what this dude is doing, standing out in the middle of this rock quarry, standing, staring at a burning car, the answer is drugs. Yes, drugs. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> he is high as a fucking kite. He's so high he can travel through different dimensions. Mm -hmm. He can tear your soul apart. He will tear your soul apart. I mean soul, soul apart, soul. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's that cage, Sean. Hadouken! <laughs> oh, Nicholas Cage, finish him! <laughs> Having seen some of the teasers for that new Mortal Kombat game, it might as well be Mandy, by the way. <laughs> They're pretty equally violent, I'd say. Oh, yeah. They're ridiculous in their violence. Some fucking uh, cold motherfucking shit to see yeah. a man who's lost his wife. What a fucking acid demon fucking say. Yeah. They're, they're going straight for the jugular. This, is, this feels very Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah. Give me back my hand. Yeah, deadites are always taunting you, even when their fucking heads are rolling. This, he, okay, this shot where he is like, he's high as a fucking kite here. Yep. And he finds the cigarette. As a cigarette smoker, I, I take a lot of notice of these kind of things. This is probably the best cigarette he's ever smoked in his fucking life. He just cut a guy's head off, and that's sort of like busting a nut. <laughs> Allegedly, Mark. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. I've never cut anybody's head off. I can. I can. I can talk about that. That's good. That's good to know, Mark. I'm glad you clarified that statement on this record. Yeah, just man. Just Get that right out there. So fucking bug-eyed, and finds that cigarette. I don't know. Gonna quit smoking. <laughs> Cigarettes? Yes. Or other fun things. Cigarettes! Okay. 
I do not miss cigarettes. I'll tell you that. Allegedly, I've tried a lot of substances, and none of them are as hard <laughs> to fucking quit as nicotine. The one that's like readily, the most readily available and easy to get and cheapest. It's not even really that cheap. A cigarette, a pack a day habit's like a fucking crack habit nowadays. Yeah, I thought I saw cartons of decently smokable cigarettes were like 40 or $50. Yep. Ones I smoke are six bucks a pack. <laughs> Ooh. Thankfully, yeah, I don't that. smoke a pack a day anymore. It's fucking golden Luger. <laughs> the golden gun. Richard Richard Drake, I think his name is. Break, break, break. Yeah. Who probably horror fans know as Doomhead in that awful movie Thirty One. Or the, the the ambulance guy that can't stop saying fuck. In the equally it's awful Halloween, Halloween two. <laughs> Who was he on Game of Thrones? I don't watch that show. So he's the he's the, he's he's the, the Ice King. Point. Yeah, he's Ice oh, King. Okay. So he's the big bad. Yeah. yeah. He's he's the Tom Kenny character. But Yeah. <laughs> I think he's better as the Ice King than he is as uh a Doomhead. Or whatever, but I think he's pretty fucking good as the chemist here. He really nails like his the way he delivers his lines is very, very much like somebody on fucking strong hallucinogens. It's very long and drawn out, and it's like he's thinking real hard about every single word that's coming out of his mouth. Oh, it's got like kind of a rhythm to it. God, you're right. He definitely added more points to uh, 31 for me than it would have got without him. Oh, I fucking hate that movie. Let's not sully the commentary <laughs> for this great movie by talking about that piece of shit. Rob Zombie, do better. End of story. It's the Nicolas Cage's bloody red face, right? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Bond. I'd like you to meet my tiger. Apparently this fucking tiger was really on set because they told this dude that like in the script it was a giant lizard or something so they were going to have like a fucking iguana or a fucking what are those things called a gila monster and then he got the set that day and they're like oh by the way fucking Lizzie or whatever her name is is a tiger <laughs> that was one thing in the behind the scenes thing on the blu-ray is a dude poking the fucking tiger with the stick and Basically, probably tormenting it to get it to "quote unquote" act. Can you see that? Oh, nice! You exude a cosmic darkness. Oh, and then we get the Nightmare on Elm Street fucking centipedes or the eels or something. Yeah, I like to think that this dude is so fucking high that he's just, like, trapped in his weird little chemist world. Like, this dude is probably coming into contact with molecules and substances and chemicals that, like, (laughs) our brains can't even (laughs) wrap themselves around. 
is on a whole nother plane of existence. Literally what I'm like if I've not had a morning coffee. <laughs> 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 like, to the cosmic darkness. Yeah. It's my favourite brand of coffee as well as cosmic darkness. No milk. No milk either. It's doing that shit black. Tiger. It's like a man of war cover. Dare to do a slow motion drift around a corner. Oh, Panos, you cheeky bugger. I never traveled to another dimension. Fucking riding into Mordor. It is literally, yeah. There's Lord of the Rings territory, yeah. <laughs> Now it's basically this movie becomes like a computer game where you start now picking off the the evil bosses on your way to the the, the main boss villain. Yeah, we're about to wander into Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Mm hmm. I saw somebody on one of the fucking things about this nitpicking the four wheelers. They're like, four wheelers in 1983 weren't that nice, and they didn't have lights like that. Oh, fucking die, you yes. tragic little fucking internet troll. You gotta nitpick something. That's a pretty dumb thing to nitpick. If you nitpick anything, you nitpick the fact he would never have made that axe in the night. No. Oh, cartoon titties. Cartoon titties. Look at you standing there like hair beams <laughs> in my eyes. Ooh, yeah. The heavy metal scene. Mm hmm. Glowing green mark, I see what you're saying. Yep. I'm talking up on it. What is it? It's an important item. <laughs> Roll nine to retain your important <laughs> item. It's not really like the glowing briefcase in Pulp Fiction, because that's like just a flat-out MacGuffin in its own. It's also like the fucking money in Psycho. In this, it's more like when you get something cool in Zelda. <laughs> it's too dangerous to go alone. Take this <laughs> giant acid trippy bee and... <laughs> Take this Celtic Frost axe. <laughs> Smear yourself with blood, but ice your nipples. Apparently they really built the church. I think I heard Good. that on the Shockwaves podcast. They really built it and burnt it down. If you're going to burn a church, build it first. It's in the middle. Well, don't do a CG either. It looks a lot better if you really just build a fucking church in the middle of a rock quarry like it is here. Oh, man. He's got the fucking Batman spikes. Yep. Oh, it's time. This is really not ideal. You're hurting me. This is really not ideal. Great last ones. Alright, here we go. Yep. Oh, nice. She, she burned brightly. I never noticed before he took the biker's gloves, too. 
Uh-huh. Kind of like just leather gauntlets. He's the heavy, he's the heavy metal Zelda, or I mean Link from Zelda. <laughs> Better to than yeah. Fake. He's also Jason Voorhees. This is also her initiate oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just like that. So, so good, early. So good. <laughs> like one down. Who's next? Word of word. If he wasn't Jason Voorhees, there would have been a line there where he's just like, go home. Yeah. But he's full-blown Jason Voorhees. He doesn't talk much through the rest of the movie. Actions speak louder than words, Mark. Yeah, by chopping some fucking heads off. Like this fucking dweeb. What's he, what's he doing? He's done a mullet polish. He is high out of his fucking mind. Oh, in the head! It's definitely a tweaker, like, meth user kind of activities. Randomly cleaning things. Yeah, he gets the fucking axe to the head. Now, I know what you're thinking, dear listener. You're thinking to yourself, this is awesome. We have seen some gnarly, amazing shit. You know what's missing in this movie? Chainsaw fight. Yeah! He's the Lord of the Harvest. You know what would make this movie even better? If one chainsaw was ridiculously comically huge. <laughs> and you get it. All you have to do is wait. Asking you shall receive. They borrowed the chainsaw from fucking Hatchet 2. 2. Oh, man. I love that scene. <laughs> And just also the metaphor that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies always use the chainsaw, which is these are these guys are about to have a fucking swinging dick fight. Yep. Couple of swinging dicks. Swing. Oh yeah, the music cue. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. He's got red on him. 
Maybe this will fucking bite us. Oh my god. It's hard not to just sit here and watch the thing. We're supposed to be talking. Over. Yeah. <laughs> This is so, so <laughs> if, if you're hearing what we're saying, you know what we're fucking talking about. Yeah, if you're if you're watching this, you're probably not listening to us. <laughs> chainsaw fight that's going on in front of you. I think it's mandatory as well. If you lift a chainsaw, you're going to do damage to someone. You have to maniacally laugh. I think it's the law, man. I think you, like, if you don't do that, you get arrested. But fucking chainsaw fight, that's enough to get you the rent this. Yeah, really? Do, do I need to say more? You told 13-year-old me that there's a movie with a fucking chainsaw fight. I'm gonna watch it. That's another one down, ladies and gents. Another one down. And we are on the home stretch now, bitches. We are under, well, in fact, we're about 15 minutes. 15 minutes from the end. The end is nigh. And there's. Joking after midnight. Chains round Nicholas Cage's neck. Looks straight out of a fucking metal album cover. Oh, yeah. Sick ass Frank Frazetta painting. This is the one part of the soundtrack that I think is like really definitely getting into some like doom metal kind of shit. Here we go. Fuck the Academy for not letting this fucking be included because. This is legit one of the best scores I heard all last year. Yeah. It would have been uh, nice to have posthumously, I'm sure I'm not saying that right. Posthumously, that's right, that's right. Posthumously give it to Johan. Fucking earth it. When are those awards anyway? You're coming up, I think it's usually March or early April, I think. Yeah, not including VOD stuff is just an absolute fucking crock of shit. Yeah, hopefully you've you've seen this if you're listening along, because this is <laughs> this is one of those movies where everybody just kind of wants to be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? That fucking part. Yeah, it's a hard movie to talk over. Oh dear you. 
She's fucking high as fuck. <laughs> Everybody in this movie is just high as fuck. You left yes, kerosene lamp on. I like how both of these two's last ditch resort is like trying to get out of this f- through sex. Yeah. Your mom goes to college. <laughs> <laughs> Man, push out the side and walk on. That's what I do. Well, you can't. You can't buy off Jason Voorhees with a blowy. It's it's just not going to work out. Unless it's, it's a really frankly pathetic. I only got a man, Jibbers. Oh, here we go. Nicholas Cage did not hit that because he didn't want to get barnacles. <laughs> Oh, the crusty crabs. No crusty crabs for that guy. Ah! Come with me back to room 237. <laughs> yep. I have that you like a little head. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Shit, business is about to pick up. Look at what he provides. It's all There's another scene where, yeah, J- Jeremiah's whole character just like goes from like the cockiest motherfucker to just being destroyed like in an instant. And Red doesn't even have to say anything. His presence alone, much like Jason Voorhees, is enough to fucking bring this, like, once ultra-fucking-cocky guy, like, the ultimate of, like, cocky fucking dudes to his knees, like, begging for his life. Mm-hmm. Happens to him twice in this movie. The <laughs> drowns where the mystic swims. You're drowning. I'm swimming. You. Um, okay, I'm a grower, not a shower. But let me tell you something you else. Even worth my I think that was the line I was talking about earlier in the show about. In your heart. Just basically saying his religion is bullshit. Peace and love ain't gonna save you now, buddy. But mate, no, 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 but no, no, mate, no. please don't hurt me. You see, this was all part of your journey, the journey that led you to me. Yeah, <laughs> I will save you. No, 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 don't save me. You're cleansing. 
inside my head. Heard of God's plan. You're about to get your head popped like a fucking zit, and it was all part of God's plan. Please, please don't. Nicholas Keys has just ejaculated. <laughs> yeah, if ever there was a <laughs> yeah, look at that metaphor. Whoo! That's what the scene needed. It needed to end in a Ric Flair woo. <laughs> <laughs> woo! And we have found our vengeance, ladies and gents. But there's still like eight minutes of the movie left. I know. Which is kind of. This kind of does go out on a super bummer note, to be honest. Yeah. What's, what, what's that great saying? Um, when you set out on the path of vengeance, bring two shovels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dig two yeah. graves. I mean, that's the honest side of vengeance is that. Doing all this ain't gonna bring Mandy back. Yeah, vengeance very seldom solves the issue. It makes you feel good. For makes us feel time. good, cause holy fuck, look at this shit. Yes. <laughs> Let him burn. And he slow Jason walks out the fucking door, and he's burning a church, which is instantly like fucking metal as fuck. Cross becomes inverted. So fucking cool. Such a striking image, man. Yeah. I actually love it. God damn, it's like movies like this just don't come around very often. They don't make them like they used to, boys. <laughs> so this kind of, to be fair, this, this movie feels like he took the best bits out of like the whole fucking spectrum of the 80s and early 90s kind of movies and threw them into a blender and poured a bunch of acid on top of it. I feel like this one took a lot of shit. A whole lot of shit. Mm. You know, uh, like it didn't it didn't go uh, uh, like pacing and uh, another couple things, but yeah, you're either in or you're not. I think that's the thing about like you either just accept that 
the movie has its own pace and has its own way of telling a story and has its own unique styling for setting up and delivering upon that. The journey is what you go through when you watch this movie. Um, it's not just about quick cuts and, you know, uh, titillation as much as possible. It's about taking a journey, like a, an actual proper odyssey through. It's like, it is very much like a fairy tale where you start off in this happy place and by the end you've you've ran the gambit of, of pretty much everything and you either get on board with that really quickly in this movie or you don't and if you can't then it's you know it will not improve with time for you some people are just not equipped to like this movie and that's cool not every movie should be liked by everyone um but i think the negativity towards it in some circles i think when you dig beneath the surface of what people are actually complaining about um is is fundamentally wrong so there's aspects of what they complain about is completely wrong uh so when people say like that oh well nothing happens in the first half of the movie plenty happens in the first half of the movie it's just not what you wanted to happen in the first half of the movie so and you know what like with what we get like throughout the the watch of this movie like it's allowed to take its fucking time at the beginning oh, yeah. because what what you get like especially man i'm just watching these scenes right now and like fucking love this it's literally like taking my fucking breath away like how beautiful the end of this fucking movie is and like how sad it is like that that was the scene i was talking about before just there where he's wearing the shirt and it's the first time you ever met her and you can still you can still almost see her it's like she's really there but she will always be part of the mark. Yo. And then the fucking balls on this movie. The big swinging set of clangers on this movie. The massive double E set of batteries on this movie. When this movie fucking pans up and you realise you're in a completely different dimension. And it's like... Oh. Yeah, it's definitely open for interpretation, but... Uh, oh. <laughs> he's he's either just driving out of or just driving into some real serious shit. Yeah, the worlds that Mandy herself creates through her pictures, kind of amazing. And there he's there, Panos. God uh, damn. Yeah, this Ooh. is this this movie's a this is legit a fucking ten out of ten for me. This this was the third time I've sat down and watched this and. Like the first time I watched this, I wanted to restart it immediately after watching it. It's this is this has got instant fucking classic written all over it, and hopefully we've kind of done justice over the course of this fucking recording. Like, just can you know, hopefully like pointing out some of the things maybe you might have missed or like explaining some of the references. But like, this is really the movie. Like you've you've really got a fucking experience. I really it's the rare movie that words don't really do justice to you. You kind of just have to sit down and watch it and be swept away by it kind of. So, um, I I think we'll wrap this up real quick. This has a post credit sequence, which is the drawings, Mm -hmm. which kind of explains the last scene a little bit better. Like we kind of see like this, she had been drawing what we saw in that last shot there. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, any last thoughts? I'll turn it over to you first, Duncan. Uh, yeah, I just echo pretty much everything you say. It was my favourite movie last year. I um, Well, favourite official movie from last year. Um, I think it's fucking incredible. I think 
It's maybe Nicolas Cage's best performance. It's certainly Panos Cosmos' best movie. It is a tour de force. Um, it's one of the more unique art house horror movies of all time in a genre which already prides itself on being wholly unique. Uh, this one is uh, head and shoulders above the rest. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. 10 out of 10. Darren. Yeah, uh, I, I was going to introduce myself earlier as the guy that says, yeah, behind you and Duncan. <laughs> and uh, behind Duncan, I will say, yeah, that this was my number one of the year, I believe. And yep. it's always a good fucking time, no matter what state of intoxication or sobriety I am in. That's the beautiful thing about this movie. You don't even need drugs to feel like you've just gone on a fucking weird acid trip. It's a okay for the straight edge kids. Don't don't let the drug content scare you off. Because if you do, you're you're missing out majorly. But uh, don't listen to MXPX. Yeah, were they straight edge? I think so. They were Christian at least. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither neither here nor there. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for joining me for this thing. This is our our comeback show. This is the first show on Legion. I definitely want to thank Bo for inviting me along to Legion. Uh, there will be some more of the, the contact follow promo type of stuff towards the beginning of the show. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, if you made it this far, absolutely fucking go check out Duncan's show, the podcast under the stairs. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud. And Darren is also on Legion Podcast with me now. Check out the Psycho Semantic cast. They are fucking fantastic. Uh, anything else you guys want to add or should we call it a night? Yeah, one at a time, god damn it. Yeah. Dunk it first. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing else to add. Thanks for inviting me on. It's great to be here. Bye. We're gonna let Duncan go to bed. Darren. And uh yeah, VD Clinic podcast, also on Legion, and the Midnight Horror Show, also Desperados. We are unaffiliated as motherfuckers, but look for the return of the Midnight Horror Show because if you look up the Midnight Horror Show, you will find some old ass shit. Yep. Yeah. Return of the Midnight Horror Show. You gotta you gotta punch that in. Yeah. Uh, also available on Sound SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you hopefully next month. There will be another episode. And uh, yeah, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs>